Okay, so here we are again uh, for another Ask sounds Mom like and Dad. It's not a burden. It's not a burden. It's not a burden. It's never a burden Good. to talk to you, darling. It's um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you laugh as Good. if I'm jesting, but I'm not jesting. It's um, sometimes it can be work to talk to one another uh -huh. that's because true. that's the nature of relationships. Yeah. They require work. Because God does. I don't know. Wait. We should just give up, shouldn't we? That's what it's supposed to do these days. Quit. Well, you can quit on anything these days. You don't have to quit on relationships. You can quit on relationships. Yeah. You can quit on um, your your sexuality. Mm -hmm. You can quit on your um, your racial identity. You can quit on oh. your uh, sanity. <laughs> um, oh wait, I, I digress. I think that That's on that last side. one covers everything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I find it interesting. I'm trying to remember what. Um, well, first off, welcome to our podcast. All who listen there, be be, be the one, be the many, be the none at all. Um, this is, I, I was thinking about this earlier, Tony. I think this is the best way to put it. We're going to sit here with our Bibles open and our minds ready to talk about the things that are cast upon them throughout the time between podcasts, because I would like to say throughout the week, but we don't even know how things are going to fold or unfold. And so anyway, that's... Well, we have questions. We Our kids genuinely ask us questions about culture about um about life about the bible so this podcast stems from questions that we've been asked and maybe ones that we know are out there maybe even ones we have so i don't think it's it's bad for us to say ask mom and dad is just us responding to hey let's talk about that because we like to talk <laughs> yeah yeah well, and that and that's what i'm getting at is i think <clears throat> Excuse me. I think that, you know, we, um, sometimes it feels like we're saying the same things over and over again. I don't know. I've been pastoring forever, it feels like. And it's not forever. I've met people who've been pastoring forever and ever. And that's much longer than just forever. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times it feels like the messaging is the same. But the, also, the older I get, the more I realize that we need to say the messages over and over again. Because as much as we talk, we forget as no, quickly or Nobody quicker. hears them or remembers them if you don't say it over and over. But I don't feel like we've repeated ourselves that much. <laughs> um, yeah. So random uh, nugget of uh, pop culture that just random popped in. So if anyone's watched Zack Snyder's uh, Justice League, it doesn't really matter. Everyone knows that Flash, the Flash, if you, well, not everyone, anyone who follows any comics or has ever watched any CW TV show, Flash can outrun time. And when he does, he, time goes backwards. And I was going to, the thing that popped in my head is sometimes it feels like we're having to continue to say things because time flash runs over us and erases everything that we remembered. It's not working as a really? metaphor, but I just needed to, <laughs> okay. to go for it and give it a shot. Let's start with this. We're, I want us to talk, we're going to talk a little bit today about an article that you read and I'll let you get into that first um, in just a second. But I wanted to start with a, with a good story because um, I was really encouraged. I, I just ran across a story that popped into my feed this morning um, that was a 70-year-old Marine vet with lung problems runs into burning house saves neighbor's life and we're going to talk a little bit about the question of how do i find meaning or what is meaning in life um and that was to me like wow that's pretty much a good a good thing this this 70 year old uh, veteran the guy had his bad lung health and, and of course the people writing the article are going to point unless this guy's got issues he shouldn't be running into a burning house at all but he said he went out in the morning and he was on his way back home and um as he was coming back he noted his name is james johnson of norriston pennsylvania 
and he was on his way back home and he noticed the house was on fire up the road and as he got closer he said he saw the flames were from a distance didn't look so bad but the closer he got the worse they got and um so he ran up and started banging on the door and yelling to see if anyone was in there and he just knew someone needed to be and with the help of some young fellows that came along he managed to kick the door in and run inside and call for help and um run inside and call well go inside and start yelling out is anyone in oh, here right. you know okay. see if anyone's here and he said he found a man upstairs so here's a guy running into a burning house got bad lungs to begin with he said i want to repeat something He's 70 years old. Not that you can't be spry at 70. Do you have a mask on because he might have gotten COVID? Well, in the picture, he does have a mask on. (laughs) He's down around his chin. So he might have pulled the mask over his face, which I do think that might help in that situation. Um, Whether it helps in other things is still an open debate. Um, It's a closed debate that should be open, whether it helps in other things. Well, what I was thinking was if he has bad lungs, apparently he's not worried about COVID, though, if he's going to help someone else. So that's good. Well, yeah, (laughs) his biggest concern was getting up there, and he got upstairs, and he found a man on the floor trapped. And he said he was on fire. We got to get him out quick. And so him and I I think he had these two young men helping him, um, drug him down the stairs, brought him outside and started putting him out. He was on fire. The guy was on fire. His hair was on fire. And so he started putting him out. And um, I think the cool thing is the Norristown Fire Department um, came in, took care of the blaze. And then the the judge, uh, the magistrate judge, Gregory Spott, Scott, also a Norristown firefighter, showed up at his home with a certificate to honor his bravery. I appreciate you so much, Scott told the veteran. The city plans to formally recognize Johnson at his next municipal at the next municipal council county meeting. And it just who was the guy that was rescued? It, it doesn't tell you anything about the guy that was rescued. There's a picture oh. of the house on fire and um, and the oh. uh, and just the, and a picture of the man who did the did the deed. He ran in. Um, it says he's got his hat on. It says U.S. Marine Corps veteran. Looks like he's Vietnam area. Obviously, he's just about the same age as your dad, mm-hmm. um, or a little younger than your father. Um, but I, I think it's just we talk about meaning and what's important in life. And uh, you ran across an article this week um, by Dennis Prager, an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. And I, I, why don't you tell us a little bit about that article and let's just talk about it and see what surfaces. Well, there was just quite a bit of. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff out there, but it got my attention because. <laughs> It was the human need to feel important and how government squelches it. <laughs> that was the title that or headline that drew my attention. It just was um, a pretty good commentary on how we've how far we've gotten away from allowing people to have meaning and to feel an, a sense of importance even to their own families. First, we stole it from men because women had to compete and had to be better and had to, you know, now there was even the, the whole era of Mr. Mom, you know, why can't the guy stay home and take care of the kids and whatever. And then what he was pointing out was it's actually even less important. It's, it's women never did still get what they want. They, they're still out there kind of complaining that um, work didn't actually provide the sense of importance that people expected it to. Even, you know, the women that was trying to make... Because the rise of feminism, women, women haven't only become breadwinners, they became increasingly uh, the primary breadwinner. But it deprived... So it deprived men of the sense of importance, but it also didn't satisfy women, which we know that's true because m- most women... It, it says that wives, when wives and children believe... Um, that the the old kind of picture of father knows best or whatever 
it may people made fun of that. They made fun of there was an era there that they were making fun of. The men have to be in charge, or they have to be, you know, the breadwinners, and they have to they're going to take care of their family and protect their family. But, um, but when wives and children believed that that was true, then it really was true for the man. But when they when that got kind of taken away, then men kind of got lost in what what was going to bring them. Anyway, he says, however, contrary to the expectations of the well-educated women becoming breadwinners, breadwinners, ugh, it hasn't provided most women with a sense of importance and, since, and certainly not meaning in life. Contrary to what feminists, feminism, colleges, high schools, progressive parents, and mass media have claimed for decades, men and women don't have the same natures. So even though... Um, uh, the the thing I liked was that she, he talked about midlife crisis, and he said it's usually a crisis for men, a crisis of importance. I thought I'd be much more important at this stage of life than I am, most men kind of think or say. But it mostly affects men in that way, but feelings of less important after one's children have left home affects more mothers than fathers. So there's there's the absolute still sort of slants Wait, the way okay. God has made us. So are That's you saying, what I was trying to get to. Did you get, I'm sorry, uh, did you get the impression that there's a, I'm, I'm just, you keep using the word meaning and importance interchangeably. Are they interchangeable or is there, are they tied together or how, how are they, it, well, how used, are they different and how are they the same? Yeah. He used the word importance. I like the word meaning. Um, importance makes it feel uh, to me a little more of a, uh, lift yourself up kind of haughtiness whereas meaning comes through to me through more of a humble approach of just like this man running into the um, burning building he was to me for him to walk away from that the meaning that he would have gotten from that was that a man's life was saved or or that he did what was right at the right moment not not cowing to him uh, cowing to fear or whatever it was not after he felt, it, to me, the importance factor. Now the whole city knows, you know, and so-and-so gives him an award. That's not what he was going for. To me, from from that article you were referring to, um, meaning was was the what took him into that building, not importance. Do you see what I'm, what I'm differing, differentiating? Well, yeah, well... <laughs> That's that's where so I think there's two different angles on it. I think this article is trying to say the same thing, but using those interchangeably. I don't know that I would. Is all I was trying to say about that. But what about you? What are your thoughts? I think Rona's making a guest appearance in the background. Um, well, I'm I was I'm differentiating uh, meaning and importance, but I think you you start you define it fairly well, which is, you know, meaning is is kind of uh, to me, I guess meaning is rooted in and this is where you went with it too rooted in who you are in god who, who what, what is your purpose in life who identity you, yeah your identity is more identity related whereas um importance is you know weight of identity is that a is that okay, a that's you know way to put do it. you know what i'm saying in other words kind of yeah the um it's in it's was it important that uh that you know um that man saved the life of the other man. Well, sure, it was important. You mentioned that it wasn't important that he felt. You wouldn't think that he would be concerned about it being being recognized no, I said for it. It wasn't the motivation. That wasn't his motivation. Meaning right? to give to give it to me. Meaning was more of a motivation. M meaning, <laughs> meaning, meaning. That 
it's the thing to do. If you have the courage to go ahead and do it, go in, you know, and then this man's life is saved. Those, that gives you, that gives people meaning to help someone else out, to, yeah. to give away our lives. So important. That scripture we referenced last time, um, lose your life so you can save it rather than save your life so you can lose it. You know, most of the time people find meaning when they've given their lives away, not hold on to it. But the importance part of it, I was just kind of using that as an illustration the importance part of it might be some accolades he gets from other people, but that's not really what's going to motivate someone to feel important from other people. However, this this one paragraph, I'm gonna, can I read this yeah, one paragraph? Sure. Kind of uses both of those words, and I don't know what I think he's using them a little more interchangeably. Than that's I'm what I'm. Them. That's what I'm asking if they're interchangeable. Because he says the need for meaning would be second only to the need for food. Um, he's he says if one were to draw up a list of human needs, but. That meaning is more important to happiness than even sex is easily shown. Because, you know, Freud would put out there that the uh, sex is, is one of the highest needs in human yeah, with experience, the, uh, whatever, like number two. But he says the meaning that meaning is more important to happiness than even sex, and it's easily shown. Great many people go long periods without sex, while many of them miss it if they have meaning in their lives. They can lead quiet, happy, and fulfilling lives. On the other hand, few people who have regular sex but lack meaning are happy or fulfilled. Right. So right. third on the list of human needs is the need to feel important. So I think he's got, he's kind of using both of those. The need to feel, to have meaning gives life fullness. Right. To, have, to feel important Maybe by your family, by someone who leans on you, someone who relies on you, whatever. That's a section of it. That's an angle on it. But it's not, to me, it's not the height yeah. of it. And, and, and obviously, Prager's simplifying this construct in order to get to a major point. I, I was thinking about when I read the article earlier about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which starts with your basic needs and then your um, physiological needs and then your self-fulfillment needs. Mm -hmm. And um, those are, so those are the big three. But in the basic needs is... Um, you know, food, water, warmth, and rest is your baseline, and then security and safety. And so Prager says the top two were, um, what did he say the top two were? He listed them. I forgot. Uh, well, food and shelter. Food and shelter. So that's your safety needs. Shelter is safety. Food is, is sustenance. So he's, he's simplifying Maslow at that point. And the next one listed is belongingness and love needs, intimate relationships and friends. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's that importance, I think. That's that's. Uh, Prager spin on emotional needs. Those are the those are the top three, and um, then after that, there's esteem. So that's why I asked the question: Is importance um, building on top of belonging, or of um, having an importance or being? Because that is in, in Maslow's con construct. That's the uh, the weight is the next level up. So yeah. it's not that I existed, not that I was a mother, not that I was a man who had a job but that I was a mother who made a significant impact in the lives of my children that has lasted to the next generation that I've transferred for a mother, I, I guess for mother and father or for family would be to transfer your, um, your character, transfer your, the beliefs and the heritage, I guess, as a, um, the legacy to the next generation. If you've done that successfully, then there's weight to it. There's, so there's that's something, the there's angle, a fulfillment that's the need. importance angle, is that what you're saying? Yeah, because anyone can be a mom and dad because I got all that takes is that sex that thing gives, that he mentioned. But Well, but, but um, no, no, wait, wait, wait. That's not necessarily true because to me, 
to take on the responsibility of being a mom or a dad. That's not necessarily just a given if you have a child. Yes, you can, like you just said, have sex, have a child. That does not make you a mom or a dad in the sense of meaning. And that that's what I'm getting at. I'm saying that you can, you're, you're, you may be biologically identified as the parent of, but the weight of that comes from how you deal with that. And, and the question that I th- oh. I'm wondering about is Prager trying to answer is. I'm still separating that out a little bit. I'm thinking you could, from what I thought you said, you could find meaning in being a mom or a dad. I'm, I am a mom to these kids. And that's kind of almost, it's almost like a, uh, it's an identity, but it's sort of a selfish slant on it. I'm the mom, whatever. But then the importance part of it, I think what you're, maybe what you're saying is, that now my role as mom looks like this. I, I take this on because now I'm an influence to these kids and what I am they're going to be or what I, what I, the old phrase, um, don't do what I do, do what I say yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Don't, um, you, you, so the importance part of it is that you see that you, the weight, like you just said, of what you do, what you say, how you are a parent or how you apply that matters right so the me i'm just saying is that because i feel like you could be a you could be a mom or dad that's not even necessarily your identity unless you take it on and then it becomes meaning but then after meaning if you take it on and take it to heart it becomes an importance is that what you're saying yeah well you said something in there that was interesting which was if you see the weight and I think that, you know, that what we deal with in a culture right now is that people don't see the significance of their actions or their, of their, mm, of yeah. their, um, right. that's what I was trying their to life. Say. So, you know, where, where, what's informing your identity? So you talked about in identity, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. What's informing your identity is going to be either a um, secular or a selfish norm or a um, norm from something else, an external thing. And, and uh, Prager talks about in the article that, most people got there. And this may be interesting because I'm, I got from the article that there's an empty, that Prager's arguing that there's an empty in the, in the societal humans in America because we are lacking meaning. And, and I think he makes somewhat makes the argument that the, the feminist um, movement took, I guess the way I read it was, the way I understood it was, that we began to question and distort societal norms. Mm-hmm. And he goes back to Father's Knows Best. And I remember I, mm-hmm. the first thing that popped in my mind when I read that was, and yes, we had slaves in the, not slaves, but the, you know, that was before Martin Luther King Jr. And, and you know, people were terribly treated in the black community back then. And so, so Father's Knows Best, yes, let's go back to that. Well, that's, I don't think that's what he's referring to. You know, but what was evident there was in whatever household that was there, and even in black households, there was a role that was clear between a mother and a father and children, and there was expectations. And the expectations was that the father had a role, the mother had a role, the children had a role. And um, I think Prager's argument begins to say that as we've moved forward and progressed in society, um, things have begun to break that down. Yeah, well, women, uh, could women work in the 50s? Well, it wasn't something that was normal. Um, did we need to allow for women to have the freedom to work? Yes. But then it shifted from the freedom to do something to now you must do it. And it seems like what Prager seems to be arguing, or what I'm understanding, is that every time we not just allowed for a thing to happen, but we 
enforced it and said, now all women should be working. It's odd to be a woman at home in a role. Why would you do something like that? Fortunately, we're oh. seeing a resurgence of that, that women want to yeah, come I back to the household. I don't feel like he's pushing that. I think he's just saying, I think the mentality of it, the, the understanding of it was skewed and it's showing itself that it was skewed. But even, but it shows it even if you just talk to to women who have maybe lived that, tried, <clears throat> he said, for many women, being the breadwinner is fine financially beneficial but not especially satisfying most women would still like their man to be the primary breadwinner that's why very wealthy women so often marry even wealthier men it's built into the female nature to kind okay, of so, uh, to you know to look to a man i mean that's for us we would look at genesis and say that a woman was uh intended in fact god even had it as a part of the instruction to eve kind of like the you could call it part of the curse in a way because it said because he said to um her god said to eve i will surely multiply your pain and childbearing and pain you will bring forth children your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you it's just part of what the construct of god's the nature of people that god built into us so we will we will desire our men They'll rule over us. We'll probably always fight against that. So, but I think what he's saying is, if we could just see that that's not where we're going to get our meaning or our importance. Well, and, and what I'm saying is, it seems to me that what I saw in the article was that he was breaking down the. Um, he was saying that certain movements in our country, feminism being one of the, that when we started saying women should be allowed, now women should women do work, women ought to work, that began to tear the fabric of what was natural women more naturally preferred to be in the home or um and i realize that might offend some people out there because not every as a when you say something is a stereotype or as a rule something that generally speaking women prefer generally speaking men prefer that doesn't mean there are not exceptions right well that's what, what I i'm feel saying like. is when the exceptions begin to force upon the culture it to turn it as a rule and so what I think Prager's argument in the overall point of the argument is we've come to a point in a culture where we've allowed set exceptions to rule and as a re to, to be the normative. So when there's, as a result of that, we're, we're, um, we're confused about a lot of things and we've lost a sense of importance. We don't know how to define what's important and what's not. Right. That's, that, that's what I'm getting at. Okay. Well, I don't, I didn't think he pointed that out with men and women. He didn't, he didn't spend well a lot of time on it, but that's kind of what I was reading. Associations. He said that we have gotten away from uh, understanding where our fulfillment lies, which which he was attributing actually mostly to our associations, such as um, could be religious associations, um, uh, and of course we know God and community, whatever, but also stuff just like our community clubs and uh, different types of... Um, all the different leagues and, you know, charitable organizations, whatever, different types of, again, like I was saying, pouring something from you into something else. So I think what he was saying about uh, about men and women is that it, it did, like you said, it kind of got flipped. And we didn't learn our lesson, I guess, because now we're taking all those governments also taking all the rest of that away, to some degree taking the place of which means that we're going to lose more and more of our our meaning, our our, uh, our sense of importance, because it's been taken out of the home, but it's also been taken now out of our culture, right? Is that so? Um, 
revamp what you just said. I agree with you that I'm saying that we have we have a little head. bit at a time, and and I and Grant, we can go way back beyond the what did he say the father's knows best narrative that he gives us in the illustration. Um, we have made decisions that have eroded away at our acceptable norms as what's what's important and what's not what what makes us important. We <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> For lack of a better framing, he, he says in simpler times, a father worked and provided and a mother was home raising the children and father found his meaning in his work. But he also points out in the article, which I think is more accurate, that that's not really where parents found meaning because you can take yeah. work away yeah, that's what I was going to. And, and, and find meaning elsewhere. But most of the time meaning was found in, and Prager uses examples of external things like rotary clubs and, and religious but I, I would argue that, that man doesn't find meaning um, in, um, in what he does, period. I think man finds meaning in who he is. There's a being yeah. aspect of things. And, you, and, and your being, that's identity, is informed in a lot of ways. I think that um, primarily what we're taught when, when we look at the scripture and Jesus is asked what the greatest commandment is, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the idea in that is that if you take everything that you are in loving, pouring in loving your Father, it's through that connection to God that you will ultimately see who you are in light of Him, His mercy and grace. I was going to um, share, it was funny, this morning I was I was reading, and I had this pulled up a second ago, let me grab it real fast. And um, I was reading in Deuteronomy 4, and uh, just God's giving general instructions to Israel. But in the very end of that passage, he says, um, Today, recognize and keep, verse 39, recognize and keep in mind that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth below. There is no other. Keep his statutes and commands, which I'm giving you today. Now, pausing there, understand that that's not a long list. Jesus summarized the statutes and commands of God as loving God and loving neighbor, loving each other. He says, keep his statutes and commands, which I'm giving you today, so that you and your children after you may prosper and so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you for all time. There's, there's a simple yet clear admonition here that says, make your relationship with God, your, your loving him, keeping his commands priority. And if you'll do that, then the land that you live in, your children, that heritage will be passed on. That there's a security. But I, I like that he says, today recognize and keep in mind that the Lord God is in heaven above and on earth below. He's not just um, out there. He's actually here. He's among us and he desires to interact and to engage with us. And so the first place that we find our identity should be in our parents, right? Well, the first parent that matters is our heavenly parent, God. This, then, then the next significant place where we find our identity is in our parents, which says something about where we come from and something about what we're passing on. And so um, for importance to happen, finding the proper, proper place for meaning needs to happen. But our culture is telling us that we find our importance and our, excuse me, our meaning and our importance are oftentimes muddled together. Um, or they're just roughly saying, you're just important and whatever you want to be or do whatever your 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 desires are I, I want to use that word broadly desires whether you desire to you know i don't know be whatever do whatever you're you're the you're the boss of you yeah and understanding well, that the very nature of this one is today understand that i am the lord your god in heaven above and on earth yeah. there is it's not up to me who i am it's not up to me to define 
my being. And my being is a broad term that covers everything from my sexuality mm -hmm. to my role in my family to how I, how I function yeah. comes from how God defines me. It's not mine to define. Does that make sense? All right. Yep. Absolutely. And, and, that, and that sounds like it would be, uh, to some, it may sound like it's... All right. Thank you so much for listening today to part one of How Do I Find Meaning? Next week, we'll pick up this topic right here where we left off and see if we can't get a little more information. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and we'll look forward to seeing you again next week. Take care.